This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Today's episode is brought to you by Fox and Stallion. Fox and Stallion is a Victorian mystery comedy fiction podcast about the best detective team on Baker Street. No, not that one. Season 2 will be airing in 2024 and is currently crowdfunding through May 1st. They have stickers, personalized in-universe thank you letters with wax seal, calligraphy, and all of it, and even a tier where they solve a mystery that you send them. Uh, They do want me to note Fox and Stallion cannot guarantee the solving of any mysteries, but they will try their absolute hardest for three to five audio minutes. This show also has everything you could want. Jewel heists, asexual detectives, lavender marriages, and a really old cat. You can find and listen to Fox and Stallion anywhere you listen to podcasts or on their website, 224bbaker.com. That's 224bbaker.com. This episode of Our Fair City is sponsored by Capsule Force. Scream like a school kid with Capsule Force, an intergalactic retro anime multiplayer game now available on PS4 and Steam. CapsuleForce.com Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from Our Fair City's glorious history. So listen... And remember, heart life, all the life you'll ever need. A flood rages through the tunnels of heart life. Policies mad with panic, jaundiced by flickering lamplight, scramble for higher ground. Waste shoots erupt, disgorging their horrid contents back into the homes from whence they came. Escape routes, choked by sewage and the freshly drowned, collapse under the inconceivable weight of the torrent. Doors burst, walls crumble, and humanity claws over itself, climbing indiscriminately upward, ever upward. Only children and the infirm remain in their homes, abandoned, clutching each other in mute horror as the icy darkness rises to embrace them. Barely three sectors ahead of the deluge, Cassie, Andrew, Elizabeth, and doctors West, Caligari, and Morrow find themselves in a most unusual access tunnel. Despite the city-wide pandemonium, this tunnel remains warm and dry. Extraordinarily insulated from the terrors of the outside, the corridor they traverse terminates with an imposing black doorway. In its center, a pressure hatch, ancient and elegant, dreadful to behold, a hatch designed to withstand all threats known to heart life. Quickly now, everyone, where are we? A restricted corridor that runs above the Grand Atrium. 
Please be careful where you're wheeling me. Sorry, Dr. Morrow. Hey, what is a grand atrium? That big open space in the middle of Sector Alpha. We're on top of that. Where the tunnels below meet the tower above. Yes, liminal space. Liminal means in between, Andrew. I know that. Here we are. Let's see. Wow. Would you look at that hatch? It's like something off the ghost rig. Is this Durium? No. It's Doratanium. No ant person's chewing her way through this, I'll wager. I've never seen anything like it. This is an executive grade material. Then how come it's down? Because this ingeniously designed virtually indestructible door leads to an auxiliary conference room. Yes. Quickly now, everyone. For the board of directors. Whoa. How do you know that? I was on the committee that designed it. Oh man, this room must be ancient. Harumph. Oh, come on, Dr. Morrow. He didn't mean anything by it. Words can hurt too, Elizabeth. All right, people. We're safe for now, but don't get too comfortable. West, see if you can get those overhead lights powered on. Con gusto, Emily. Oh, I hope the meat wall is all right. It's just meat, Herbert. Yes, but it was our meat. We shouldn't be here. Would you rather be out in the tunnels? That's not what I mean. Emily, I found a switchboard of some sort, and... Good lord, would you look at the size of that picture window? You can see the whole atrium from up here. Fascinating. Look at all the people milling about. There must be a couple thousand. Is the atrium the highest they can go? That's right. Everyone left alive is down there. If Heartlife doesn't open the doors to the tower, they'll all drown. Well, how long have they got before the flood reaches them? Half an hour at most. This isn't right! Can't you do something? No, Andrew, I can't. I can't stop the flood, I'm sorry. I don't even know if Heartlife can. Ah, great. Surveillance cameras. Someone's taken an interest in us. Maybe we should find a new place. I mean, what if they come back? The directors? Don't be obtuse. No, they're sitting up there in their executive suites, continuing with business as usual. I wouldn't be so certain. They left us for dead days ago. Locked us down here with the ants? What could possibly motivate them to descend into this nightmare? The flood will drive the surviving ant people up and away from the tunnels. The tower will be compromised. This chamber, however, is secure against both threats. A reasonable place to continue business as usual. Seems unlikely. Found the lights, West. I didn't do that. Guys, the wall, it's opening. It's all right, Andrew, nothing to be afraid of. It's just an empty metal casket. Or what? You'll lock us underground with a thousand giant ants? For the health and safety of yourself and others, please enter the pneumatic capsule and await immediate extraction. Failure to comply will result in unnecessary loss of life. Screw you. Dr. Caligari, you are too valuable for them to harm. He's right, Emily. I won't abandon you. Hey, did you not hear the unnecessary loss of life part? That means us. Now get in that tube. Fine.
All right, you bastards, I'm in. Be brave, Dr. Caligari. Oh, shut up, Smidge. Guys, the ceiling, it's lowering. Attention, unauthorized trespassers. Congratulations, your entry status has been reclassified. Welcome, temporary guests, to Auxiliary Conference Room Lavender. Please remain calm and await the arrival of the Board of Directors. The Directors? Moro, what do they want with us? We have to get out of here. I do not know, Elizabeth. Directors do not traditionally communicate with policies. Are they going to kill us? They wouldn't upgrade our entry status just to crush us into their carpet. We must have something they want. Good evening, Policies. I am Cromwell, the assistant to the Board of Directors. Please sit at the conference table with your hands placed securely at your sides until further notice. Dr. Montgomery Morrow, you are, of course, exempt from such requirements. And if we refuse? I manage hostile work environments. You will not enjoy my coaching strategies. Uh, Now, please sit. I liked him better when he was just a voice in the elevator. Dr. Montgomery Morrow, the directors are honored to have you as their guest. Much has changed since your time in the tower. The directors hope that you will not feel uncomfortable with their modern business practices. Thank you, Mr. Cromwell. The honor is mine. Will you please tell me where you have taken my colleague, Dr. Caligari? That information is restricted. Rest assured, she is safe. I see. Please let the directors know that I would be most grateful if they would stop threatening my associates. Do not forget yourself, Doctor. Your associates are temporary guests. Cassie, you're shaking. I love you. Don't say it like that. We'll be fine. They're just people, right? We'll be okay. Just don't say anything foolish. Be silent. Policies, please focus your admiration upon the board of directors. I loathe conference room lavender. Yes, but there are no ants chewing holes in this one. And we have an action item which we can only execute from here. Ah, speaking of which... (laughs) Look at them. They're smaller than I imagined. Well, what did you expect, Harrison? They're only policies, after all. Liminal policies, Williams. We may yet manage them into something of value. Fascinating. Cromwell, would you be so kind as to activate the public address system? Yes, Director. What do you want from us? You will be silent in the presence of the Board of Directors. It's all right, Cromwell. Hello, little one. Oh, would you look at that face. Stitched and stapled back together like a child's favorite doll. And the doll maker himself. A mosaic of anatomy just as crudely reassembled. What a pair they make. Sir? I am a doctor, not a doll maker. I will not warn you again. Friends, please 
Sybil, coming from the legendary Dr. Montgomery Morrow? Have you ever told your comrades why you're condemned to the cryogenic tube, Doctor? No. Well then. And then there's the boy. Just recently shot through the head, brain removed, and now, inexplicably, alive. I look forward to learning more about this one. Ready, Cromwell? Yes, Director. Policy Wilkins, please rise. It's all right. Good. Go join Cromwell by the window. Cassie, no! It's okay, just... It's okay. The company one keeps is a reflection of one's own values. There was a time when Hot Life identified you, Cassie Wilkins, as a loyal and therefore valuable component of our community. That was before you surrounded yourself with enemies of the company, or as we designate them, uninsurable risks. Thank you, directors. Yes. Before you chose to align yourself with these walking liabilities, these aberrant, high-identity variance policies, you had one truly significant responsibility. An assignment greater than any member of your generation has ever known. Do you remember, policy, what you were assigned to do? You may speak. To pilot the hope of heart life? To pilot the hope of heart life. And did you fulfill that duty to your company? No. No. All of your comrades in this room assisted in undermining your assignment. But deep down, who is really to blame? I am. Yes. You are. Leave her alone! Easy now, policy. Cromwell's very good with that wire of his. Please, directors. Quiet, doctor. This is all for the common good. The actuaries chose you for a reason. Your sacrifice should have triggered a series of events ridding Hot Life of its enemies for years to come, but you failed. Still, serendipitously, You may prove useful to us yet. You do want to prove useful to us, don't you? Yes. Good. Now, look at all those policies crowded down in the atrium, fleeing the water. Minds crippled by fear. No better than the ants, really. We're not blind, Policy Wilkins. We know the tunnels are flooding, but how can we send disaster response teams through the blast doors if our agents will be trampled the moment they arrive? Imagine thousands of panicked, malnourished policies tearing their way into the tower. Heart Life wants to help them but not at the expense of corporate safety. And so, the policies in the atrium must be dispersed. Quickly. Only then can Hot Life begin to restore order. Then why... Why don't you just tell them to leave? Well, thanks to the actions of you and your accomplices, 
the tunnel-dwelling policies have stopped listening to the voice of Heartlife. You've turned them against us, you see. You did that yourself! And if you think Cassie's just gonna send these people off to their deaths, huh, then you're dumber than- Enough! No! Don't hurt him! Your confederate will be fine, provided that you comply. Why are you doing this? Because you've left us precious few alternatives. The policies idolize you, and so heart life requires that you turn them away. If I do this, will you really send help? Don't! In time, take the microphone. Speak calmly and clearly. Direct them to return to their residences and offer them hope. Stay on message. Don't do it, Cassie. I'd rather... Attention, policies of heart life. This... This is Cassandra Wilkins, the city's first and only geonaut. Pilot of the hope of heart life. I'm... I'm alive! I want to speak to the flood survivors gathered in the grand atrium of Sector Alpha. I know what you've been through. I was there when the ants ripped out of the earth. I struggled alongside you in the tunnels. I barely escaped the water, and now... Now I'm in the presence of the board of directors. They've asked me to speak on their behalf because you've stopped listening to them. Careful. I know you're tired and scared. So am I. Heartlife has the power to save you. But if you stay packed in the atrium, they cannot. They will not open the doors. They're afraid that if they open the blast doors to send help, that you'll behave like animals. That you'll riot and hurt people in the tower. Seek retribution against those who abandoned you. Don't. But you're better than that. When Heartlife opens the doors to the tower again, you will not burn through like a horde of ant people. You will peacefully reunite with your brothers and sisters in the tower. And we'll all work together to build a better tomorrow. Good. Now send them home. The directors called on me to regain your trust. And so, as a gesture of their goodwill, they have agreed to open the blast doors immediately and grant access to all survivors seeking shelter. If they fail to comply, then you and your children will remember them for all time as hypocrites, unfit to rule and undeserving of our support. Well, directors, what's it going to be? Well said, my dear! Cassie, you're amazing. What do you say to that, director? You've put us in quite a bind. Forced our hand. All agreed on our course of action, then? Don't be obtuse, Williams. Of course we are. Cromwell, open the doors. <laughs> Harrison, will you do the honors? You're much better at this sort of thing. Give me that. 
attention policies. This is your board of directors. We are happy to announce that the blast doors to the tower are now open. To all policies occupying the Grand Atrium, please move in a calm and orderly fashion through the blast doors and up the emergency stairwell into level one of the tower. Emergency crews will be dispatched immediately to assist you. Welcome back. This message is brought to you by Heartlife. All the life you'll ever need. Keep watching, Wilkins. Cromwell, let me know when they've all gone. Here, hold this. Well, that's one item off the agenda. Didn't exactly go according to plan, though, did it? No. Well then, let's tackle the ants on the tower. I propose automated artillery. Sophia! Not in front of the liminals. Conference room indigo, then. Fine by me. They're all gone, Director. Well, you saved them, Wilkins. I hope you're proud of yourself. Cromwell, item five on the agenda. Of course, Director. Thank you. Microphone, please. Oh, yes, Mr. Cromwell. Uh, thank you for the use of your micro- <laughs> <laughs> That was excessive. Effective, though. Let's adjourn. Directors, shall I terminate the liminals? No. They may have value. Take them to the cube. Yes, Director. Andrew. And so, with a headstrong and shameful act of betrayal against her company, Cassandra Wilkins brought her life's story to a violent conclusion. The compatriots Cassandra abandoned will have to atone for her crimes. The cube is a dreadful place, but infractions of this magnitude cannot go unpunished. Resist the urge to mourn her, dear listener. Rather, endeavor to learn from Cassandra Wilkins, for in the end, her vast potential was undone by a single, childish, and avoidable act of defiance. And defiance has no place within heart life. You would not defy the company, would you? Of course not, because you know the value of life. You work hard to live, and you live to work hard for heart life. So goodbye for now, Policy. Remember what I have told you. Heart life will require loyalty such as yours when we return in Season 7 of Our Fair City.
Loyal Policies, this is Heartlife Executive Producer Jeffrey Gardner. Thank you so much for joining us for the finale of Season 6 of Our Fair City. Right now, we are hard at work editing Season 7 of the show. We'll be back with brand new episodes in mid-spring. Until then, we'll have regular updates right here with blooper reels and other between-season content. In the meanwhile, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at OFC Radio, and on Tumblr at theboardofdirectorslovesyou.tumblr.com. Keep an eye there for more updates. Our Fair City is a massive undertaking by a huge number of actors, designers, and artists. You can support our work and help ensure that we can continue making Our Fair City by visiting our web store at ourfaircity.com store, where you can find comics, prints, mole people t-shirts, and more. You can also support Our Fair City directly by clicking the donate link on the website. Every dollar you donate goes directly towards supporting the artists that create this show. Finally, one of the best things you can do to support the show is to tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is our absolute best tool to find new listeners. You can also head over to iTunes and give us a star rating or even leave a review. Those help keep our show on the leaderboards where new loyal policies can find us. Folks, thank you so much for listening, and as always, we'll see you in the tunnels. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.